Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today as we talk about the Word of God. And on Saturdays, we like to talk specifically about some issue in the news, if we can, something current. Monday through Friday, we just look at studying the Bible. But on Saturdays, we try and talk about a current event because as Christians, we ought to think biblically about the events of our world and the bigger picture. We'd stress on this channel, don't get all worked up about things you can't change, but have the courage to change the things you can. So Monday, we think of the serenity prayer. Father, give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And then, of course, those things we can't change, we want to commit to prayer because God can do things we can't do. We must have courage because we can do a lot more than we realize. On the other hand, there are some things out of our control, but they're not out of the hand of God. So Monday through Friday, we talk about the things that are that we need the courage to change in our own lives. Saturday, we like to talk about a bigger issue if we can. So today, I want to try and tackle a little bit of this issue of immigration. Now, I realize this is a hot-button issue, and I realize there's a lot of good Christians who really think passionately— not just uh, apathetically, but passionately different about this topic. I have good friends who may disagree with me. And so I'd like to present to you a few of my concerns. I'd like to point us to the Scripture, and I'd like to, if we can, take a little bit of the politics out of this, which is going to be hard because we really have two political parties standing starkly different on this issue some of them may say the same things, but in practice, it seems like they're really taking different sides. And I'm going to try and avoid that if we can. Now, keep in mind, I don't, I don't try and avoid politics normally. I think we need to bring Bible into that. To me, politics is simply how people want to organize to figure out who's got the power. That's all politics is. People who are organizing to figure out who's going to figure out what we're going to do. How, what, how are we going to proceed? There's politics in everything. There's politics in the government. There's politics in your family. There's politics in your church. People, All it is is people organizing. Some people do politics righteously, and some are greedy, wicked, manipulative. So I'm trying to take that out of it, and I'm trying to simply ask, are there? how do we think biblically? And I want to look at some of the arguments that are made on this whole topic. We have a crisis going on. It's in America, but it's also worldwide. People are on the move around the world, multitudes, unlike ever before in the history of the world. People are being displaced. People are migrating. People are moving in huge numbers. They're moving into Europe. They're moving into um, the United States. I've noticed they're moving primarily into nations that have a, a Christian background, a Christian history, a Christian basis of their culture. That's where the primary migration is occurring to, into. Now, you might look at that one of two ways. You might say this is opportunity for people coming from non-Christian countries to uh, th that maybe they couldn't hear the gospel. And this is happening in a lot of places where there aren't missionaries can't go, but their people are coming into the Western countries where we have opportunity, particularly where you have the Muslim immigration in, in uh, uh, Europe primarily. 
On the other hand, they might look at it as this is this is affecting primary nations that have a primary Christian culture. Are we seeing immigration of non-Christians, say, into Muslim countries? Are we seeing immigration of this nature? And of course, we're not. Years ago, I was in a conference where we were talking about evangelizing Muslims, and they asked us a question. Do you see immigration as a threat or an opportunity? And how do you answer that question? How would you answer that question? Is immigration of Muslims into our country? Is immigrations of people from Latin America into our country? Immigrations from people of, of, of from Asia into our Immigration into our country, is this a threat or an opportunity? Well, here's how I answered it. It's both. It is an opportunity for us who believe the gospel, perhaps to be reaching people in our land that where we cannot reach those people in those countries. It's illegal. You can't send missionaries into those countries. But now we can. Here in, in our country, we can go down the street. We can go around. the. You, you know, there's there are immigrant communities in about every major city in America now. And so maybe there's that opportunity. Yes. But if we don't take advantage of that opportunity, or if we don't win with that opportunity, is there a threat? I would contend there is. I would contend that America is in the midst of a cultural war right now. We don't agree on some very basic things in our country, that we're very divided, and that division has a lot to do with how what we understand to be right or wrong, what we understand to be good and evil who we understand God to be, and whether we're going to be a nation, which we historically have been, that would honor the Christian faith, the Christian religion, as the basis, as, as the primary factor affecting our culture, or whether we're going to be, shall we say, polytheistic, where every man has their own God, and every, every culture, and every subgroup, and every identity group has their own morality, their own code of ethics, their own understanding of right and wrong. And so we are in the midst of this cultural war, this transition, shall we say. We've, let's, I've got to face it, we've been transitioning from the Christian base to the uh, polytheistic, every man does what's right in his own eyes. And in the midst of that, a question is, are we prepared? Are we able, while we can't figure out some of these basic questions, we can't define basic words in our country anymore. Freedom, what's that mean? What's that mean? What's it mean to be an American? What, what are our basic values? Are we a socialistic? Are we going to be communistic? Are we going to be a free enterprise, a capitalistic country? There is major debate on these questions. Are we a religious or a secular country? primarily. There's major debates. What what will our holidays be? Are our holidays going to remain Christian holidays, or are we going to start having holidays for every religion and every, uh, uh, every uh, different philosophy or idea? These are major things that are being contended in our country, and it's, one, it, and, and it's a question in the midst of this cultural war. There is a threat to who are we if we start saying, well, who are we going to allow to be part of making this decision? Are we going to decide for ourselves, or are we going to invite a lot of other people? To me, it's kind of like asking the question, if a family is terribly in debt, 
and and they've they've got uh, you know the father's unemployed and the, the the mother and father aren't getting along. They can't agree. They're fighting about everything, and they've got these children. Should they adopt some other children in their family? Probably they ought to get their own family in line first before they add other pressures and stresses, i.e., additional new children into their family. So so I want to raise some questions in light of these things. People who are in favor of immigration, massive immigration, they use they use some Bible verses that I'd like to talk about. And one is found in in Ezekiel, excuse me, Exodus chapter 22 and it's verse 21. You shall not wrong a stranger or oppress him, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. And this is something that as Christians we ought to be aware of and we ought to do. We we should not be mistreating people who are here from other countries. We shouldn't have a bigoted attitude towards them. We shouldn't look down upon them with a with a, a an anger or a hatred towards them. This is true. And some people who are against immigration, we've got to check our attitude. And we've got to make sure that, you know, God wants us to love all people that we come in contact with. But it's also, people quote that verse a lot and say that we really need to be welcoming the stranger. But look at the verse right before it, Exodus chapter 22 and verse 20. He who sacrifices to any god other than to the Lord alone shall be utterly destroyed. What's that speaking about? That's speaking about assimilation. In the, the verse that says we should welcome and not oppress the stranger, we should the foreigner in our midst, we should not mistreat him, we should not oppress him, that assumes that he is assimilated. If he's worshiping a false god, anyone other than the true god, it says the verse right before says he's to be utterly destroyed. In, in the Old Testament, these verses about welcoming the foreigner, they had walls around their cities. They had clear borders. You weren't allowed in the border unless you wanted to join and become part of, of Judaism. Part of, you wanted to become an Israelite. You needed to as- assimilate. More and more in our culture today, and it's been taught in our universities now for decades, and that is instead of us being a melting pot where we all come and assimilate and become Americans— We've had this idea of hyphenating people, saying you're an African-American, you're an Italian-American, you're a Mexican-American, and we put this other thing first, and we say, now we're a salad bowl. We mix together, but if you're a raisin, you're still a raisin. If you're lettuce, you're still a lettuce. You, we don't mix in as a melting pot where we all become one. We maintain that identity from where we came, and the, and we even put that first in our hyphenation. This is, this, these are people who, who are teaching you, you against this idea of assimilation. These are the two ideas. Are we a melting pot? Are we a salad bowl? Do we all come together and say, we move here, we assimilate, we become Americans? Or do we say, no, I maintain my, the identity from which I came, and that's my, and, and I have this dual alliance. This is something in the cultural war that we're fighting. And indeed, I, I think that until this is solved, we should be careful about who comes in and are they willing to commit to assimilate. Second verse that's used a lot is this. Matthew 25, the final judgment. Jesus tells, I, you know, I'll put the, the, the righteous on one side and the, un, the, the wicked on the other, the sheep and the goats. How does he distinguish? 
I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you, you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you, 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 you helped me. I was in prison. You visited me. And the righteous do all these things and the unrighteous don't. And this is often used again to say that, you know, these people coming to our border, massive numbers of them, they're hungry, they're thirsty, they're strangers, some of them are naked. Shouldn't we just help them? Shouldn't, isn't this the Christian thing? And if you don't believe in just welcoming them all in and caring for them, are you being unchristian? Are you being someone who, who uh, violates what Jesus said? Are you, basically, are you going to be judged and sent to hell for this. And I think, again, here it's important to distinguish between the role of a government and the role of individuals. Jesus wasn't talking to governments here. He was talking to people. And you, as I said earlier, you and I, when we face people who are in our presence, who have need, we're supposed to help them. We are, we're supposed to be Christian. But is this the role of a government? Many people who are quoting these verses are also staunch advocates of the separation of church and state. They believe that the, 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 the church and the state should be separate. And, and I would contend, Romans 13 tells us that the primary role of government is to protect good people from the bad people, to punish bad people, and to make sure good people are safe and secure. That's the role of government. The role of government is not to do the work of the church. The role of the government is not to clothe the, the, the naked. The role of the government is not to feed the hungry. That's, that's the role of, of Jesus is speaking to individuals, perhaps churches, perhaps organizations that bind together charities to help these people. But when we blur the line of the role of government and make government the, the ones who are now to do the role of the church, this is a grave error. This is a grave mistake that we make. What the role of government is, is to establish laws, and to establish laws to protect people. And so what do we have? In, in America today, we do have ways that people can immigrate into our country. As a matter of fact, more people legally immigrate in the United States than any country in the world. We welcome people, and we ought to, and this is a good thing, and we have many bounty here, and to be generous and want to share that, that's a good thing. But it must be done legally. There are laws we have about how to do it. There are points of entry where people who want to come into our country can come legally. They present themselves to Border Patrol and so on. What we see today is tens of thousands, I mean, like thousands and thousands and thousands of people every day, perhaps perhaps a couple million, up to a million or more, two million a year, who are not coming to those points of entry. They're flooding in at places where they're not to be coming. They're coming in at places where we don't have a checkpoint, where we don't have a, a, a legal site. for and, and basically, if they get caught, uh, they, they claim asylum. They're fleeing persecution. If they don't get caught, they just, on their way, they go. This is illegal immigration. And so, again, what are some things I think we need to distinguish if we want to think about this right? We need to distinguish between legal and illegal immigration. Don't just say that you're against immigration or you're for immigration. That's not the issue. The issue is, are, are, I assume we're all for legal immigration. 
The issue is, are we for illegal immigration? Do we think anyone can come who wants to come? Anyone who feels they need, need, need they're being persecuted or they got a problem or they don't like where they're from, do we think they should be allowed to come without going to a point of entry and just walk into our country? That's the question. Secondly, what is the role of government versus what is the role of individuals? Hey, as a church and individuals, we should be, we should be um, uh, evangelizing. We should be caring and helping people. Yes, and we, whether it's in their country or if they happen to be here, let's, let's deal with the reality. On the other hand, as citizens of America, we have the authority. We influence our government. And what we're seeing in our country now is our immigration laws really aren't being enforced. People are crossing the border illegally. They claim they're fleeing persecution. And so they're, they're, they're basically documented, sent forth, given a court date to show up. In some cases, in some cases, they're not even, they're just said, we honor the honor system. Show up in the next 60 days, report, and, uh, and if you do or not, they're supposed to, but it's up to them if they do or not. And, um, and so what we would say is we have laws, and those laws should be enforced. Now, one other thing people will say, well, we need comprehensive immigration reform. That's a long term that no one hardly ever defines. What does that mean? It means, the comprehension means we need to secure the border, so that people don't just walk in, and we need to figure out what to do with the people who are already here who have walked in. Maybe they have had children here. Maybe they've lived here for years. How do we treat them? What do we do? A little bit of history is important here. Back in the 80s under President Reagan, it was agreed that we, we'd have this comprehensive immigration reform, and that's what they did. The, a number of people were given amnesty who were in the country illegally, were given amnesty, were allowed a way to become citizens, and the border was agreed to be closed. Those were the two things. Well, all these people were given amnesty, and the border wasn't closed. And so now people are saying this comprehensive immigration reform, they say, well, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on you. Excuse me. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me once, shame on me. What they're saying now is, listen, we, we did that once before. We let all these people who were here illegally, we, we, we gave them citizenship, and then we never did the other half secure the border. And so what are they saying now is let's... Now, this comprehensive, we'll secure the border first. And once we do that, we'll talk about what to do with the people here. That's part of the political question. So this is a big problem. There's a lot of hot-button issues. Like I said, there's people, even good friends I have, who may disagree with me and uh, talk about the Scripture. These are a couple of Scriptures I think we ought to consider and think about, this idea of assimilation. Yes, treat people with compassion and mercy, but distinguish between the role of government and the individual— what should the government be doing? Their role is to protect our country. Our role as individuals, we encounter a person to love them. Secondly, this whole concept of assimilation. Who are we as Americans? How can people assimilate if we don't even agree ourselves on what we, what we think is right and what's good and what is an American way? There's so much more on this. I could talk, I mean, really, you could talk for hours on this. These are a couple of things I want to point out, and then maybe uh, let's pray for a moment here. Father in heaven, there are really there are so many people on the move in our world today. 
just millions of people seem to be moving from one country to another, migrating. I know some people see this as a tremendous opportunity for the gospel, and I pray, Father, for those who are involved in reaching migrants and refugees, they'd be very fruitful. I pray that people coming from places where they could never hear the gospel, I pray there'd be tremendous salvation, and I and not just serving them in the name of Jesus, but leading them to Christ. And we pray, Lord, for salvations from these from every tribe, tongue, and nation of people. We also pray, Lord, for our governmental leaders, that this would not just be about power or political advantages, but there you put on their heart to provide appropriate protections for our country. And Lord, we think of the as we think of, of our nation and we think of our Christian roots, and we think of how those are being some would just some just want to obliterate those. Some want to hold on to them. We pray, Lord, that we would be a nation that honors you, that fears you, that respects you. We made a covenant with you, Lord. Our founding fathers in the early days, they made a covenant. This land belongs to you. I pray we'd be faithful to it, and I pray that in these days you would turn curses into blessings, you would cause the righteous to prevail, you'd protect us from those who want to destroy our Christian foundations, and just have a polytheistic where every man is his own God. We pray for these things. Give us wisdom, Lord. Give us compassion. Give us righteousness. Give us justice. Give us right judgment. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, folks. Well, those are some of my thoughts on this subject. I hope it helps you think through it. I hope it helps you think through it biblically. God bless you, and thanks for joining me. If you're new, welcome. I hope you'll join us regularly. We're here every morning, live at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, or you can watch later in the day or even listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. We call this the Daily Word and Prayer because we want to get in the Word of God every day and talk about the Word every day and pray about it every day. That'll make us strong. Till we meet tomorrow, might God bless you, strengthen you, and fill you with the joy of the Lord. That's our strength. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.